Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. This is Leslie Appleton-Young. I am the Chief Economist for the California Association of Realtors. I'm very excited to be with you today on our inaugural podcast to talk about the California housing market. With me in the studio, I have two of our fabulous economists, Oscar Way and Jordan Levine, and I'm going to let them take a minute to introduce themselves right now so you kind of can associate uh, the name with the voice. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Oscar Way. I'm the Senior Economist at the California Association of Realtors. It's my pleasure to be here to share some information with you about the uh, housing market. Hi, this is Jordan from the California Association of Realtors. So where are we um, with respect to market conditions? So the first kind of overriding thing I'd like to say is there's a lot of positive things going on in the economy and particularly in California. We have the strongest regional economy uh, in the country uh, in San Francisco, Silicon Valley. We have the lowest uh, mortgage rate environment Um, in the last four years of very, very affordable rates. We have good job growth uh, in California. We've got um, household formation bouncing back. So on the demand side of the equation, there are a lot of positive things happening. On on the supply side is where we're hitting our, our bumps in the road, both with respect to new construction and with respect to inventory. So just to kind of summarize where we were with our April stats, um, existing home sales uh, came in at an annual pace of 406,800 units. That was down 2.6% month to month. It was down 5.4% from um, April of last year, and we're up 3.6% year to date, so the first four months of 2016 compared to the same period in 2015. With respect to prices, we have the second month in a row where we're over that 500,000 threshold. The median home price in April was 509,100. That was up 5.3% month to month. It was up 5.1% on a year over year a year-over-year basis. So with that, I kind of want to um, let um, Oscar and Jordan kind of weigh in on on inventory and the supply side, because I think that really is the crux of the issue now for the California housing market. Demand is strong, but on the supply side, uh, we seem to have some challenges. Leslie, uh, thank you, Leslie. You're definitely right uh, in regards to the uh, supply and demand issues. The demand on the demand side, we don't seem to have uh, any problem. But on the supply side, we have an issue because if you take a look at some of the uh, statistics that we posted last month for the unsold inventory, we currently only have 3.5 months of uh, inventory. Now, without uh, res- uh, without knowing what the historical number are, it might be hard to take into context. You know why this is a low inventory level. Now, just give you an idea of what the long range. A long-run unsold inventory level, we typically have six months to six and a half months of inventory. So uh, in respect to the historical number, we're definitely very, very low. 
And um, of course, uh, Leslie mentioned about price earlier. Because of tight supply uh, situation, home prices get a little bit of an upward pressure. And uh, a little bit of upward pressure push home prices up a little bit about 500000 this month. It is not the highest we have ever seen in terms of price level, but this is the first time that we have seen 500,000 um, home prices for um, since nine years ago. And I'll let uh, Jordan talk a little bit about um, the uh, supply conditions uh, at the state level as well as the regional level. Yeah, and I think Oscar touched on something that's, that's really important. It's not just that supply is low in and of itself. It's that that has implications for uh, the market overall as we go forward in terms of eroding affordability and potentially impacting home ownership uh, as we move forward. And that's really the kind of meat uh, of the issue. And I also think, you know, it's really interesting when you kind of look at the dynamics of our inventory situation, you know, across the state in terms of geography uh, and across, you know, price buckets as well, because I think that um, depending on where you look in the state and, and where you look in terms of what type of home we're talking about are these entry-level homes versus luxury homes, um, you see a slightly different thing. I think it's, you know, worthwhile to, to touch on some of those, those things as well. Yeah, I think with respect to new construction, we need to be very clear. We've had um, a growth in permits for the last four or five years, but we're still well below um, what the kind of demographic household formation determined demand is in California. So that's one of the one of the key problems, you know, where you have the most robust job creation, you have the least ability to respond in terms of um, in terms of overall units. So as a result, we've got the fifth lowest vacancy rate in the nation in California and the second lowest renter vacancy rate in the nation uh, as well. And I think that's important to really emphasize. We spend a lot of time at CAR talking about our housing affordability crisis. Well, that also includes a crisis in the rental market. You've had a tremendous upward pressure on rents and clearly for you know, young households, it's hard to save for a down payment when you're paying such a high, um, a high rental rate. Definitely. And Leslie mentioned about the um, building, uh, home buildings. We have, we have a little bit more homes being built this year as compared to last year. But if you put things into context, if you go back to 2005, 2006, that's when we had uh, inventory level at around three and a half months, about the same level that we had now. Now back then, in terms of housing permits, in 2005 we were building 200, we had 205,000 housing uh, uh, permits being submitted. In 2006 it was 160,500. But today, in 2015, last year we only had about 95, 96,000. So because of the um, underbuilding issues that we are encountering for the rest of the year in 2016, we probably will continue to see some uh, issues with inventory. But there are other issues as well, some of the structural issues that I'm going to let Jordan talk a, a little bit about. Yeah, I think, you know, the inventory issue in our state is multifaceted, right? I think we have the, the structural component, which Oscar alluded to, or we just have this um, kind of chronic underbuilding relative to the amount of new population that's coming to the state. Um, but I think there's also uh, a lot of cyclical issues in terms of um, foreclosures and folks lost home equity during the downturn. I think that's less of an issue moving forward. We've had some really 
robust price growth. I think a lot of folks have moved from negative equity uh, to have their you know, head above water on their mortgages now. That's less of an issue moving forward. Um, but I think you know the, the inventory numbers and some of the things I've been reading suggest that the, the tight inventory or the tight supply is actually starting to have ripple effects back down through demand where you know, I think sellers are really hesitant to, to sell their homes because they don't want to turn around and be buyers in this very inventory-constrained marketplace. You know, Jordan, that's really a, a good point, and I want to do a shout-out to all our baby boomers out there. You know, one of the biggest challenges we have today is that even the baby boomers that want to move find that they can't afford to move. And it may be a combination of factors. They have a really great low, I mean, rates are low today. They were even lower perhaps when they, uh, when they refinanced. Um, they have significant um, gain in the value of their home. And so even the $500,000 capital gain exclusion for a married uh, couple isn't enough, and that's just to say that's one of the factors that's kind of keeping them in the home. Then you have Prop 13, so for households that have been in their homes 20, 25 years, losing that low tax basis is a real hit. So it's, and, and then as Jordan mentioned, you know, there's no place to go. So you have more and more boomers saying, I'm going to stay put or I'm going to rent my family home out and I'm going to buy a senior apartment maybe in the, in the city next door. And we've never really seen this before. And it's something that it's very hard for me to see how we're going to get out of this. Right. I think that's a great point because I think, you know, when we talk about things like the, some of the cyclical issues that I mentioned, negative equity, that's going to go away um, over time. But I think some of these uh, incentives that are maybe keeping folks in their homes a little bit longer um, tend to be a little bit more structural in nature. And I think they might be uh, a little bit more persistent than things like negative equity or, um, you know, lack of available homes to, to go out and, and shop for. Yeah, and I think, again, going back to the demographics, let's say a few things about these millennials, right? These um, kids that graduated from high school or college uh, five or ten years ago and the market, uh, the economy was going down. There weren't job opportunities, so they, um, you know, graduated with a degree and ended up back with mom and dad. Well, they're kind of getting out on their own today and looking at a housing market that looks insurmountable, right? That they just can't afford, you know, saving for a down payment, competing in a market that still has significant all cash, um, all cash buyers and investors uh, to compete with. And so what we're seeing um, more and more, and Oscar and, and Jordan have done a tremendous amount of work on this, we're seeing migration patterns that really mirror housing affordability. So from the coast inland and from the coast completely out of state. And um, Leslie attributed to, you know, the uh, migration issues. And we are seeing that definitely affecting uh, sales because if you take a look at the regional area and the Bay Area, for example, let's take a look at Bay Area versus Southern California. In the Bay Area, San Francisco, San Mateo, we have median home prices at a very high level, above a million. And so for people who are millennials or different generations who cannot afford to move to live in the Bay Area, San Francisco, San Mateo, Santa Clara, they move further out, as Leslie said, to areas such as Sacramento, San Joaquin, Stanislaus, those counties that are more affordable. That's why in recent months or in uh, 2015, you're seeing an uptake or an increase in sales in those areas.
up and in Southern California, same story applies. LA, Orange County, San Diego, they tend to have higher home prices. And for people who cannot afford to live in those areas, you're seeing them moving to Riverside and San Bernardino. Of course, Riverside, San Bernardino, we are seeing increase in job growth. So I'm not going to take away the increase in job growth that helps uh, increase in housing demand in those areas. But at the same time, we're seeing people moving out of the major metropolitan area just because they are more expensive. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, that really squares this circle because I think, you know, especially when you look at the demographics of those movers, um, a lot of those folks who are moving to the East Bay or deeper in the Bay Area, um, even as far as Sacramento or same thing here in Southern California, um, a lot of these folks that are moving out to the Inland Empire from the coastal region went out there and purchased homes. So this is um, housing demand that could have been being fulfilled in long these coastal employment centers um, that aren't. I think, you know, when you look at it regionally, the, the tightest markets in terms of inventory are the ones that are, you know, seeing the most price gains and the biggest outflows of folks to more affordable areas. And so I think it's really um, how inventories are impacting supply and demand and, and really what that means for the shift of the housing market, you know, in the years to come. Well, and I also think this raises the issue of quality of life. You know, the further out you move from your job, the more pressure there is on our aging infrastructure here in California. So the freeways get more and more crowded and people's attitude about um, new construction, about higher density development is impacted by the experiences that they have every day um, on the freeway. So that I think is a, is a real issue. Another point that I think may be hard for some Californians to accept is that there are a lot of other cool places to live in the country. <laughs> you know, 30 years ago, um, the two coasts were kind of it. And now you see, you know, Denver and Portland and Boulder, Seattle, um, Austin, Nashville, um, the um, Triangle in, in North, uh, North Carolina. There are a lot of, um, of, of, of kind of the new uh, techie, cutting edge jobs and companies relocating in these areas because the millennials want to move there and part of the attraction is I'm going to be able to buy a home. And I think as the California experience and the California economy kind of ages, um, we are going to see more of that because we know people want to um, want to own homes. They aspire to home ownership. It is the best way to build wealth over the lifetime of a household. And this generation is smart, savvy. They get that. And you've got a lot more options today than you did in the past. And another point that I think Leslie touched upon earlier is about affordability. Uh, and currently, we have the record low interest rate. We have below 4%. The last time I looked at it, we have below 4% interest rate for the 30-year fixed rate. But the monthly payment or the interest rates is not the only issues uh, in regards to affordability. It's the down payment that Leslie attributed earlier. It takes a little bit more time to come up with a median down payment. Now, if we are talking about a 20% down payment, let's say a based on the statewide median price of 500000 that means people need to come up with $100,000 $100, for their down payment if they need to move down a 20% down payment. 
that's a significant amount to come up with. Yeah, and I think that's made even more challenging when you're you know staring down the barrel of two thousand or twenty five hundred dollar a month rents as well, which again kind of circles back to this chronic undersupply of housing. And I think you know Leslie hit on it perfect is that our inability to address this inventory issue that we have uh, in California is you know going to the benefit of of all these other states and they're you know kind of laughing all the way to the bank at our expense. Yeah, I also just want to kind of balance this out a little bit by just kind of tipping my hat to how strong the demand is in many of the kind of coastal metro um, mature areas in California. You still have over half of the transactions in multiple offers. You still have a strong all cash component, 20, 25% depending upon the area. So the market is very, very um, competitive and really the only thing that's holding it back in terms of the transactional numbers that we're seeing is lack of inventory. Um, I do also want to, um, before we close, um, maybe pull the, pull our, our experts here on what the Fed is going to do at their upcoming June meeting with respect to to rates, and I know when we discussed this a few days ago, I think I was one of the outliers, uh, but I don't think you're going to see a Fed increase uh, for several more months, perhaps in the fall. Um, I just don't think the economy is consistently strong enough. I think our trading partners and the global markets in general are um, not doing well. Uh, certainly the political environment with this crazy election cycle that we're in is creating a lot of uncertainty. And the Fed is, you know, all powerful. What, what the um, Fed chair said, says reverberates around the globe. So um, adding to that the very low level of job creation that we saw in the reports um, this morning, we're recording this on uh, Friday, June the 3rd, I am going to say I do not think we're going to see a June increase in the funds rate, and I'm going to let Oscar and Jordan weigh in as well. Before today's report uh, release, I my odds of of the uh, Fed raising rates uh, in June was 50-50, but because of the job growth report that we really, that we we got uh, released this morning, it's very disappointing. Even taking into account that there were people striking in the telecommunication industry, it's still a very, very low number. And my odds of the June uh, rate hike uh, for the Fed is, has, has come down significantly. I honestly don't think they're going to raise rate in June. Now, maybe not even in July. Um, but I do think they will raise rate some point in the second half of this year. Yeah, I mean, up until about 5.30 this morning, I was in the, the camp of a June rate hike. But, uh, you know, I think when you look at core inflation, it is stabilizing, and I think that's a big driver of it. But it was just a very, very disappointing jobs number, and I think that's going to stay their hand in June. So with that, we will be back. Um, we will be back next week with some more insights on the California housing market and the macro uh, economy in general. And thank you all for joining us, uh, joining us at CAR and the CCRE. Thanks again. Thank you. Yeah.